Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, this, this is, 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 is Fight Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 835. We're the Fight Disciples. This is your boxing preview for the weekend coming up. Lots of action, mainly in London. There's a bit going on in Las Vegas. We are going to talk about a bit of it. Um, and we'll also get stuck into a little bit of boxing news as well. Before we get stuck in, please subscribe. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. And you can also subscribe to us via YouTube. We would like to grow our YouTube following there. We're making more content. So if you can help us out, that'll be absolutely brilliant. Just hit the subscribe button. You can also comment on some of the stuff that we get stuck into, whether there be stuff that you agree with on the show, whether you disagree with it on the show, whatever it may be. Opinions always welcome. Uh, come and join us here at The Fight Disciples. I want to start with two things, if I may. First and foremost, I'm getting a ridiculous amount of messages about missing scorecards. Listen, I told you last week, when I see him, and I'll see him this week because it's Boazzi against disease, mm-hmm. I will absolutely ask the question. I haven't had the opportunity to see Boxer and uh, Mr. Shalom and his, and his gang, uh, but I will be in their company at the back end of this week. So I apologize if you were disappointed on Monday's show that there was no reference to missing scorecards from Jonas and Mayer. We did raise it on last week's, last Thursday's show. Um, I haven't had the time uh, to ask that question. I thought I'd save it for a face-to-face interaction. I've given away my plan now. So if Mr. Shalom is listening and his gang, they're probably going to be hiding from me on Thursday, Friday, and, and Saturday. But don't worry, hopefully I'll get that opportunity to speak to at least somebody of some type of authority. I'm sure the British Boxing Board of Control will also uh, be in, in presence on Saturday night. Uh, so if they are, I'll ask the question and I'll uh, I'll try and find out why Jonas Mayer scorecards were not made public. I did make further inquiries since the event. Obviously, I've been getting a lot of messages as well. You know, where are the cards, everything else. So I made an inquiry through the British Box and Border Control. spoke to my contact over there, and he said the protocol would have been for those cards to be, believe it or not, stuck in an envelope, put a stamp on it, and they would have been posted. Whoever was their head of the central area or the area council who was running the event in Liverpool almost two weeks ago, it would have been his job to put it in the envelope and post it down to Board HQ down in Cardiff. So it could take up to Wednesday or Thursday after fight week for that kind of thing to arrive. But he wasn't sure on the clarity of, well, the board don't necessarily publish cards. It really is down to usually we get on the night, the promoter will go, here's the card, by the way, or or the governing body like the IVF. So the fact that neither of them were able to do it or thought of doing it on the night 
kind of just raises everybody's suspicions. The board should have the original scorecard from the night, which was signed by everybody involved. That will be at Board HQ now in Cardiff. But again, they're not really in a position or not usual to post an about scorecard. So we just need to keep asking IBF. And as you say, if there is somebody at Boxers that down this weekend, you might just go, oh, Adam, it's right here on my phone. Perfect. Picture. There you go. Ideal. That's all we want to do. We just want to see it. We just want to see it because, again, it's uh, we just want to make the comparisons to see how and why that fight was scored the way it was. That's all. I'm sure, I'm sure there's nothing untoward. Show me the cards. That's it. Sound like Paul Daniels there, don't I? Uh, listen, one more piece of, of uh, housekeeping, and this has come from an email that somebody sent me. Uh, Daniel Benson. He sent it to a fight, the, the Fight Disciples account. So I'm going to read this out, um, and I would just like to give you a bit of a prefix and a precursor to the start of this email, right? This is just, at the moment, this is one man's experience of this situation. Um the reason why I'm reading it out is because I want to know if there's other fight disciples that are in this the in Daniel's same situation. And I would also like to give um Dazon, who this is about, the opportunity to say, well, well, hang on, no, that's not the case. All right. So it's a this is not condemning anything, just in case anybody thinks I'm jumping on some bandwagon. This is a fight disciple getting in contact with fight disciples, asking for a bit of help. So we're gonna highlight the situation and hopefully come to some conclusion over the next couple of weeks. All right. So the email reads like this. It's a bit of a lengthy one, so buckle up, buttercup. Um, afternoon, lads. Uh, please, can you raise some awareness from uh, an experience that I've had with the zone uh, off the back of Day of Reckoning, the pay-per-view? Um, the pay-per-view event was £19.99. In order to purchase the pay-per-view, you required an active DAZN subscription. We've highlighted this before on this very show. If you did not have an active DAZN subscription, you could pay one P, one penny, to have a 30-day subscription, which was then advertised as cancel any time. I did this believing that in total, I would pay £20 to watch the pay-per-view and they would simply cancel during the 30-day subscription period. Imagine my surprise when I see £9.99 come out of my bank account for the zone. I contact them and I, I, I'm told that I've signed up to an annual subscription at nineteen uh, sorry at £9.99 a month for 12 months. We've highlighted this new package uh, price point, mm -hmm. haven't we, at certain points in the program as well. I query this with the zone, and I'm told in the small print of the pay-per-view event, it stated that the 1P zone subscription was for the first month only. Thereafter, it's £9.99 a month, I've been told by DAZN, that although I can cancel at any time, uh, I will still be charged. If I speak to the bank to cancel the payment, DAZN have said it will affect my credit score. Again, this is just Daniel's words. I can't mm. say that that is absolute fact. It's just what Daniel is telling me via this email. Looking online, this seems to have happened to thousands of people. Again, Daniel's words. I can't verify that because I've not looked online about this. I've just come across this email today. Reading the zone uh, reviews on Trustpilot website, there are pages of people telling the exact same story. Please, can you highlight uh, this on your podcast? I want to know if other people are in the same situation. Uh, and I um, will, well, he goes on to then obviously say a few choice words about the zone and the way that they've behaved. I'm not going to read those bits out, but I just wanted to highlight that situation because that doesn't seem at all fair on, uh, on, on a consumer. I understand there are small 
footprints to these types of things and you must read these types of things if you're going to be signing up to contracts. And I'm sure that that is going to be the thing that comes back my way from the zone saying, you highlighted this on your show. Well, it says in the small print quite clearly and they will bring me a receipt, no doubt, which has a big fat contract and they'll slap it on there and they will show you. But I can understand your frustration, Daniel, uh, that you feel that you have been duped. I just want to know from a Fight Disciples point of view, people that do consume the show, if Daniel is on his own, if he's the only one that made that mistake, or are there other people uh, that fell into that pot and have therefore now been charged for what? You only wanted one night of fights, didn't you? You thought you were paying 20 quid for it. You paid the best part of 120 quid for it. So, anyway. It's not good. It's not good if it's, it's too, good obviously. Look. No, it's it is not a good, good look. look, no. But I'll say as well, well, hang on a minute, you're getting 12 months worth of the zone content. And to be fair, the zone are dishing up some okay, okay stuff. It's not amazing, but it's okay mm -hmm. stuff. So that'll be another argument that comes back their way. But if he thought he was getting X, but he ended up getting X, Y, and Z, you know, it's not a good look. That's all I'll say. And, and you've got to realize as well that, you know, that people like, like Daniel, for instance, and I'm not saying for a second, Daniel's not a hardcore fan. He may well be. He may well have been to more shows than me even. But, when you're talking about the day of reckoning, when you talk about these big Saudi cards, these big the zone cards, there is going to be a more of a mainstream appeal. So you are going to get yeah. fans of AJ, not necessarily boxing fans, yeah. for Anthony Joshua fans. Anthony Joshua's fighting. I'm there. I'm watching it. For all we know, Daniel could have been to every Anthony Joshua fight that ever existed. He isn't able to get to Saudi, but he's gone, you know what? I'll have to subscribe to this. Wait a minute. I can subscribe for a penny? Yeah. With the well for the pound and the 1999. Oh, wait, okay. All right. So I basically paid 20 quid for that one fight. The day after the fight, I ring up, I cancel it. It's free cancellation. Okay. I'm quite happy to do that. I understand how he's uh how he's clearly been caught out there if that is the case. Listen, small prints is a bugger. Let's be honest. When was the last time we went we read small prints when yeah, I get it. you get a message <clears throat> from Twitter saying, Oh, contracts change, just press this box, or you get a new iPhone update and say, Oh, well, by the way, this is no one ever reads that. You just kind of sign it off. But if you've if you've come out and said, sign up now, it's only a pound, you free cancellation, obviously your mind's gonna go there. So I do feel for Daniel, but Right, let's hear it. Let's hear if there's anybody else. And if there is, mm. if there's a lot of people out there in the same boat, then we'll get someone from the zone to uh to make an official statement. Yeah, get in contact with uh this weekend. The OVO Arena in Wembley is the destination. A change of arena, ladies and gentlemen. It was originally scheduled to uh, go to the O2. Uh they've downsized because they had to change the date because of a back injury to Dan Aziz. I know there's been plenty of chat in the build-up to whether he was or whether he wasn't. At the end of the day, we're getting fight this weekend, aren't we? Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to find out whether he was or whether he wasn't when that first bell rings, uh, because uh, Dan Aziz and Joshua Boatze are absolutely uh, going to be going at it. I'm liking it already. I know that we've we've come out with this show a little bit early. Uh, I've just been catching up on a few little bits, social media. I know that they started their fight week, uh, face-offs, back and forths, media interviews with Sky, they're going for it. They've been giving it a little bit already. And by the time you're listening to the show, it's Wednesday. So I've no doubt by Friday, this should absolutely be at fever pitch. It, feel, it feels good. It feels like a proper London, British. It just feels proper, man. You know what I mean? It feels like a fight that I think every single fight fan is going to be tuning into on Saturday night. It's a brilliant fight. 
it is absolutely brilliant and it's well worthy of a British and Commonwealth uh, baubles that, that are at stake here as well. You won't see a better, well-matched British title fight this year. And it's long overdue for Josh Buati in that regard, you know. So just, just on that point, obviously, I've seen them do a little bit of a head-to-head on... They were in the studio on Talksport. They were in with uh, with Jim White and Simon Jordan. They wouldn't even they wouldn't they had to be kept in separate rooms apparently. And I don't know. We don't know how true any Get of that down. is. You know, that's what they were saying. They're in separate rooms. Not Jim White's like for setting the scene. They're in separate rooms outside. We're going to bring them in the second. Next thing you know, they're shaking hands. But just to, just on that point, what you just made at the start, I just want to backtrack a second. Talk of you know, was he injured? Was he not injured? What was the argument to go? Well, he's not injured. He's ex. What is he doing then? If he's not injured, no. why would uh, why would Dan so the argument want to fight back? So the argument, I think, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure people will correct me if I'm wrong. I think the argument came from another promoter stating that he wasn't injured in order to state they couldn't sell out the original arena, so oh, they want. Okay. So they're looking for an excuse to downsize to the OVO from the O2. That is where I think this come from. Again, no doubt people will correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. That is a, is, a, is a thread that I did see. Okay, so it was nothing to do with Buatzi saying Aziz's bottle's gone or anything no, stupid like so. that. You know no. what? Just just on a side note on that. If you do book, if you do book the O2 and it's not looking like a sellout and you, do, you can change the Wembley Arena, do it. I'm quite happy. It's fine. As long as it's the same city, I've got no issue. I would much rather be in an absolutely ramp-packed Wembley Arena than a half full O2. And again, not to say this fight wasn't going to do that, in my personal opinion. If I was, you know, if I was, if I was, didn't have plans this weekend for my birthday, then I would have been out and about absolutely down in London for this fight because this is a fight that the light heavyweight division has been demanding for a long time. We've been waiting for Josh Buatzi to please stand up and show us what he's actually all about forever mm. and a day. And I feel like we're getting that right now and friends become. Friends become enemies on Saturday night. For me, this comes down to mentality, you know. And this is going to sound dead harsh when I'm when I'm looking at this fight. And I know that you're probably going to do a Nick's picks on this on Friday, but the mental side of this fight, I think, is more important than the than the the physical attributes. Because if I look at both of these guys, with all due respect to Dan Aziz, the more skillful fighter, I think, is Joshua Boatzi. And I think Dan Aziz would probably conclude that. But when you've spent your time in the presence of someone sparring hundreds of rounds and that person has got the better of you in those hundreds of rounds, you bring a fresh mentality to the fight. You are fully aware as the underdog of what the other person's capable of. So you know that you've got to take this fight to a particular place. You've got to take it to a dark place. You've got to go further maybe than you've ever gone before. Now, when you have got the upper hand in all those spars, when you've been the main man and won 80% of them, then you probably look at this going, all right, yeah, Salman. He's going to come at me for a couple of rounds. I'll box his head off. I know what the crack is here. You know what I mean? This is my night. In sparring, you don't get dragged into those those deep, deep waters. It's sparring. You're supposed to be learning. You're supposed to be getting, you know, tagged every now and again. This, for me, comes down to what... I know that Dan Aziz is bringing it. I know that Dan Aziz is absolutely putting the kitchen sink in there on, on Saturday night. I know he is. Yeah. So is Joshua Boatsy ready for that? Can he weather that? And if the answer to both of those questions are yes, 
I think then the cream will rise come the back end of this fight. But if he comes in thinking that it's going to be like one of them sparring sessions that he's had over these 100 or 200 rounds or whatever they've had, he's in for a rude awakening because Dan Aziz is just going to be at him from the minute that that bell goes. So it comes down to me for how mentally switched in Joshua Boazzi is to prepare to go to some deep water because he's he, mate, he's going swimming at the weekend. Let me tell you, mm -hmm. he is going swimming and he's going to need his front crawl, his back crawl, his butterfly. He's going to need the bloody lot. Let me tell you, because Aziz is coming. Absolutely. It reminds me a lot of uh, 2011, George Groves versus James DeGale. James DeGale was the star of the gym. James DeGale was the Olympian, the medalist, the full hit. And Groves was his teammate that had a great season that season, but got overlooked for the uh, Olympic Olympic qualifiers, ultimately missed out on Olympic qualification. And he was the one that turned pro without the fanfare necessarily. People knew he was talented, but he didn't have anywhere near the kind of start that James DeGale had. And it ached on him. And unlike these two, we were told are friends away from the ring or certainly away from this fight. Obviously, over the years, they got the needle grew between them. And OK, it was probably a bit more trash talky, a bit more vociferous. And maybe George Groves was a little bit more technically along than Dan Aziz is. However, the similarities are right there. James DeGale came through with this big fanfare, but didn't really catch fire. Wasn't really doing too much. And meanwhile, George had this real momentum with him. Now, if you look at Dan, um, Dan Aziz, he's done it. The, he's done it the proper way, the hard way. This guy has, has Dan Aziz achieved more than Boatsy so far. A hundred million percent, a hundred percent. Not even that's, that's not even a close conversation. This mm. is a kid that started at Brentwood Leisure Centre. Your call. He's where he was regular off TV cards. He's fighting in the Ipswich Corn Exchange, just trying to make it as a pro. Mm. So then he does Southern Area. Defends it. Then he does English. Defends it. Then he does British. Defends it. Picks up the Commonwealth, beating a former champion in Rocky Fielding. Then he goes on, becomes the king of Europe as well. Dan, Dan Aziz has done so much more in his 20 fights than what Josh Boatzi's done in his 17 fights. And they turn pro around a similar time, remember? Mm. By comparison, what has Josh Boatzi actually done? Mm. Since the Olympics, since his bronze medal in Rio in 2016, what has he actually done? He won his first 12 fights in a 25-month window, culminating in that win over Ryan Ford, who was, that was like, a, okay, right, here we go, Josh. Two years in, <coughs> you're 12-0, let's go. And since then, he's absolutely gone backwards. He's had five fights in the last 30 months. 30, that's almost four years. Five mm. years? Mm. Five fights? That is just not good enough. He's beat two Brits. He beat Liam Conway for the British title. And then surrendered it straight away. No idea why. Dan Aziz won the British title. Guess what? It was a sec. It was a third step on a stepping stone to then Commonwealth, then European. It's not even comparable, dude. Not mm. even comparable. Dan Aziz has done well more. It's mad, isn't it? Because everybody you speak to, they go, ah, oh, Boatsy, 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 Boatsy. But when you actually come down to the brass tacks of both these lads' professional careers right now, Aziz, if Aziz was to stop now, you'd probably say that Aziz has absolutely eked out every single sinew that, that, that he had to become British Commonwealth European champion. Don't sniff at that. That's, that's absolute mustard. That's why I'm 100% convinced that he's putting, he's putting everything he's got into this. This weekend, he's get, you're, getting, you're getting the full Dan Aziz. 
Is Joshua Boatze ready for the full Dan Aziz? If he is, listen, I like Boatze. I think he's got the skills. Me too. I think I think he needs somebody like an Aziz to showcase how good he really, really is. And I think it could be a coming of age night for Joshua Boatze if he's in that mind to, to know full well, listen, this lad's coming. I've got to weather it. I've got four or five rounds of absolute dogfight get his respect, get him on the back foot, and then I can go and do my thing and I'll drown him late. And it could be a coming of age night for Joshua Boatsy, but if he's not mentally right, mate, this could be an unbelievable night for Dan Aziz. And, yeah. and, and you know for well the winner punches the ticket for a shot at the WBA title, should it ever become vacant off the back of the big unification that we all that we all want to see. Yeah. Uh, if you look at Josh's story, you know, pretty much all his fights have big, big, televised fights. Obviously, he was a marquee signing over at Matchroom before he came over here. So he's been on big bills, but he's been buried on big bills in fights that he should win against international opponents for useless trinket belts in useless 10 and 12 rounders. He's fought two Brits, as I say, beat Liam Conroy. That was in 2019 for the British title. Gave it up straight away. Then, of course, he had the win over Craig Richards. He won on points against Craig Richards in 2022. Other than that, he's had 15 international opponents. Both in America, yeah, but he had a he had a favorable opponent over in America as well. Dan Aziz, because we didn't know what level Dan Aziz was going to settle at. Yeah. He went into the sudden area. That was a proper fight. He went into the English title, a proper fight. Defending those belts in proper fights. British title fight, a proper fight. Commonwealth title fight uh against the former champion who you know, okay, it was a WBA lesser belt, Rocky Fielder now, but still that was a name, Rocky Fielder, that he went in against. And then obviously goes to Paris, takes on a Parisian That's and brings one. back the European title as well. Yeah. Josh Boatti has never touched anything like that in the pro game. Dan has had yeah. proper fights, marking time, fights at every level. Can you get to this level? Okay. Can you get to this level? Okay. This level? Bum, bum, bum. Who has Josh actually fought with ambition to beat him coming back? Has he fought more than five guys who have got in that ring with true ambition to beat him? I would argue at least half of Dan Aziz's opponents went in there confident of beating him. Half his opponents have been British. Yeah. And okay, they're a various level. But that fighting in fighting against Brits, going to you know Ipswich and here and there. Mate, he stopped well he stopped, he stopped Hosea Burton, who was a, exactly. he's a well-schooled boxer and was the favorite going into that fight. Rocky yep. Fielding, okay, super middle coming up, right? Yeah. But you look at that, you think, mm, I don't know, Rocky Fielding. I, I thought Rocky would have too much for him, but then, st- I, I, you know, I've, I've he, stops Ro- he stops Rocky Fielding. Bingo. Mason, he has Cartwright then. He goes yeah. the distance with Cartwright, but Cartwright was the favourite going into that fight. Shaqan Pitters. Shaqan Pitters was the favourite going into that fight, and he outboxes him as well. Mate, I'm telling you, this is proper at the week. I can't wait for it. I genuinely can't wait for it. I don't think it distinguishes, and this this might be a big claim here, I don't think it distinguishes, even though it's British and Commonwealth title, right? I don't think it distinguishes who the number one British light heavyweight is. If you were to ask me to rank, and I know that you haven't, I'm going to rank them anyway, just because I fancy it and causing a little bit of a stink. Um, For me, what I've seen so far in the programme at light heavyweight, I know that he failed twice when he went up, but Anthony Yard, even though he hasn't. And people come at me and say, well, he's never fought for a British, European, or all this type of stuff that you're talking about with Dan Aziz. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you could probably argue back with me about it. But I just think that 
Anthony Yard has showed me more right now at a higher level, even though he's lost twice to, well, to Kovalev and to Baturbia, two absolute mm-hmm. beasts. I would still have him marginally at number one in the light heavyweight division. Again, people will come at me for this. I will probably put Callum Smith at number two. Reason yeah. being, he's been at world level okay at super middleweight. He stepped up and fought the highest level of opponents. Canelo, yes, I know it's super middleweight. But Baturbiev, okay, he's come short in that particular fight. I would then have Aziz as three. Yeah. I would have Boazzi behind him at four. And then you've got a real scrap for number five. You've got, I know you've got Richards, you've got Arthur. I know you've got uh, Zach Parker that stepped up. But Ben Whitaker's on this card. He's coming mm-hmm. through. Maybe yes. you could make that argument. So I think there's a bit of a round robin for the number five spot, but my top four in that order would be Yardsmith, Aziz and Boazzi. So Boazzi's got it all to do at the weekend to, to, to make a lot of people change their minds, I think. Yeah. For me, right at the top, you hit the nail on the head. It's what's going on between the ears. It's the psychology of the fighters going into this. It's there's uh, And you talked about Boazzi's mentality. Well, this is the guy in the gym that I used to used beat, to beat up. up. Yeah, yeah. When I came home from internet, from GB duty, I'd come back, beat him up. I was the guy in the gym. Again, very similar to, to Groves and DeGale, if you listen to them talk. He's the guy. And it's not necessarily Buatzi taking him lightly. My fear is that Dan Aziz is still in awe of Josh Buatzi. That somewhere ah. deep down inside, at his core, Dan Aziz looks up to Josh Buatzi, even, even though he's four years older. That's the one thing, if I was in that Dan Aziz corner, if I was part of that team, that I would absolutely be get channeling into his mind. What does this kid... Take away his Olympic medal, bronze medal. What has he actually got to show for his career? What have you got to show? Look at all your belts. Mm. You've, 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 you've proved you're the best in London. You're the best in England. You're the best in Britain. Best in the Commonwealth. You're the best in Europe. Regardless of how you might rank them, You've done it. You've won yeah. all those accomplishments along the way. Mm. That's what they've got to drill into his mind. Do not be in awe of Josh, who you look up to, who's the superstar of the gym, who when he comes to the gym, the coaches go, oh, oh, just wait a minute, mate. I'll take Josh on the pads now. Josh is here. Oh, do us a favor, Dan. Can you uh, come in 10 minutes later? Because Josh has turned up today. All that kind of ranking, which will have happened either yeah. consciously or subconsciously, Dan has to get that completely out of his mind. You guys are friends, and I like that. And they can be best of friends afterwards if they want and corner each other for the rest of their careers. But for the 12 rounds of this fight, Dan Aziz has to look at Josh Buati like a big, fat pork chop and just like, I am going to devour you. You are not Josh Buati from my gym, my friend, Olympian. You're none of that. You're a guy that's had a bit of a silver spoon start, and I've done it the hard way, and I'm coming for you. That's got to be Dan Aziz's mentality. I'm sure it will be, man. It's going to be good. Um, I'm looking at the undercard, and obviously on paper, I look at the Adam Azim fight with Enoch Poulsen, and I think on paper it's probably his stiffest test. I fancy Adam Azim to come through, and I, I, I fancy him to come through in absolutely flying colours. My concern for the fight is Poulsen's a good boxer. He doesn't necessarily have the power there to, in my opinion, cause a, tr- cause a problem for Adam Azim. He's beaten a lot of low-level opponents. When, once he's had six minutes with Adam Azim, he's going to realise just how good Adam Azim is. Is he going to shell up? I hope he doesn't. I hope he goes, well, no, no, no. You know what I mean? European title fight, man. Let's have it. 
I want to win my European title back. So I hope Enoch Paulson does come for it rather than feeling, oh, shit, this kid's really quick. Yeah. He can crack a little bit. I don't fancy getting made into a meme. I'm just going to navigate this fight. Because then the onus then is on Adam Azim and he's got to try and open it up. And I'm, listen, I know he's got to learn all these things, of course. But at European title level, yeah, I want I want to see some at viral, man. I really do. So I hope that Paulson doesn't shell up after a couple of minutes of, of feeling out Adam Azim. I just think it's remarkable that Azim, who's just turned 21, is making the first defense of the European title. Great. You know, we've just we've just talked then about Dan Dan Aziz winning the European belt. Do not turn your nose up at that. I know plenty over the last 25 years I've covered the careers of many, many British boxers that didn't get a sniff at a European championship. And believe me, these guys look like world beaters. So just winning a European title is a phenomenal, phenomenal achievement. He did that at 20, the youngest Mm. ever. And now he's making his first defense, by the way, not just, you know, oh, uh, a hand-picked defense against the guy who never lost the belt in the ring. Dan Azim's mm. like, yeah, man, come on, bring it on. Bring him on straight away. Now, it's because, of course, Paulson was ringside in November when Dan Azim beat Petrajan and became... Adam, Adam Azim. Azim, sorry. Yeah. Adam Azim beat Petrajan, became European champion. Paulson, the former champion, was sitting ringside, talking to everybody, telling everyone, I'm the real champ. I'm coming for me belt back. I'll come to London. I'll take him on. Brilliant, man. You've got it now. You've got exactly what you wanted, Mr. Paulson. It's time to put up or shut up. You know mm. what I mean? Don't turn up now and run for the hills. Don't turn up now and do a roadrunner act. Turn up now and do us do what you've been telling us you're going to do. Too much experience, you said. Too much talent. You see gaps. You see spaces. You see opportunities. He said all this after Adam Azim's performance against Petr Jan. Put your money where your mouth is. Let's see you do it on the night because... Listen, we, we've spoke to him, we've blown our faces, have me, about Azim, the talent that he's got, the potential for his career and where to go. I'm like you. I think Paulson is probably just a little bit too long in the tooth. You know, he's he's, he's 14 and 0, but never fought outside of Denmark before. And he was an extensive amateur. He fought everyone in the mm. amateurs. Didn't do incredibly well as an amateur, but fought all over the world for Denmark. He fought Shavkat Rakimov, who fought... Uh, Thing he recently Cordina. down in Wales, yeah. Joe yeah. Cordina, he's for Pat McCormack in the amateurs as well, so he knows his way around the ring. Paulson, he's an experienced pro, but I think his uh, I think his mouth's wrote a check that he can't cash, and Adam Azim's gonna step on him. Excited because, like you say, he's only a kid, isn't he? And he's just oh man, he's lighting the place up every time I watch him. Adam Azim, I'm, I'm impressed by him. I'm also, I'm, and I'm going to take a little bit of a step back on the Ben Whitaker thing. If you remember Bournemouth, right? Mm-hmm. He's on the undercard of Bill and Smith. He gets booed by the crowd. I'm on commentary and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I think I'm with the crowd on this. Um, but I think it was a little harsh. With hindsight it's now... He, it's because he was showboating, wasn't it? Yeah. They were yeah. showboating, weren't they? He, in the first round, he's doing a bit of OTT showboating. He's messing about. He's he's mimicking. And he's... Um, he's basically mugging off his opponent, is what he's doing. Now, in the moment, I was saying, nah, you can't behave like that. You're embarrassing your opponent. Get on with it. What about respect and all this type of stuff? Now that I've took a step back, a little bit of hindsight, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, nah, man, I was wrong. And the reason why I'm wrong is because that is Ben Whitaker. That's what Ben Whitaker does. That's where Ben Whitaker is comfortable. Ben yeah. Whitaker gets the game, comes out in the gear. He's he is what he is. 
Now, if you think back to when we were kids and watching it in the 90s, Nazim Hamid used to do the exact same thing. Even at that stage, he used to do that same thing. And he continued it right up until the top, top level. So when he got to the top level, he realized every now and again, I'm going to I'm gonna have to calm this down a little bit because this fella's a little bit good, all right? So I might have to sharpen this up. My takeaway now, with hindsight, looking at what Ben Whitaker did, in particularly in Bournemouth, was he knew he was levels above that opponent. He knew he was levels above. And what he wanted to do is deliver a viral moment for the fans. In mm-hmm. order to do that, he needed to make his opponent angry, yeah. embarrass him, make him make a mistake, make him fight angry, make him come wild. And then the speed, the precision of Ben Whitaker would take over and get him out of there. What happened? Exactly that. The guy got angry. He lost his head. He left himself open. Gotcha. And within the blink of an eye, <laughs> Ben Whitaker delivers the knockout blow and the fight's over. And he gives you exactly yeah. what he wants. So I think we're going to see the exact same thing this weekend. He's fighting uh, Khalid Graldia. I think we'll see a bit of... And I hope we do see it. I hope he's not put off with what he heard in, in Bournemouth. I hope he doesn't change. I hope he comes out looking a million dollars dancing his way to the ring, flips the top rope, gets in, does a bit of a dance, mugs off his opponent and knocks the dude out. That's what we want, don't we? Because the more times he does that, then hopefully the more times his name then gets propelled forward to be taking on the guys that I was mentioning two minutes ago. Craig Richards, Lyndon Arthur, Zach Mm -hmm. Parker. Maybe they can get something together. And then once he's conquered them, and I believe he can because he's supremely talented. He was the guy that both me and you said coming out of that Olympic Games, even though he scored a silver and there were others that scored goals, we said he's the guy. Absolutely. He's got the the bloody lot. So I don't think it's too long, maybe a year, maybe 18 months before we started to talk about Ben Whitaker challenging the lads that are in the main event and the Cam Smiths and the Anthony Yards. I would like a little bit of quicker matchmaking in the next six months, maybe get him towards Craig Richards, maybe get him towards London Arthur, maybe get him towards something like that. I don't want him to change. I take it back what I said on commentary in Bournemouth. More of it. I want more people booing you for six (laughs) minutes before you knock them out. All right? You're right, though. You've hit the nail on the head there, you know, and it reminds me of the conversation we had about Lauren Price and I was kind of going, well... I like Lauren. She's done everything as an amateur, but she's just a bit boring to watch as a pro. I wish she'd be a bit more interesting. And then you were like, yeah, but wait a minute. She's for the first time in a long time. She's actually fighting people who don't want to fight. They're just Mm -hmm. trying to survive. And that's a different kettle of fish. And it's the same thing with Ben. This is not the Olympics. The guy who's fighting isn't trying to blast him out the tournament so he can go and win a medal. These guys, like Gradia this weekend, are there to work for one reason only to make sure they don't get stopped so they can fight again within 30 days. That is their number one goal and target. So it's up to Ben. What do you want Ben to do? Follow him around for six, eight rounds and try and patiently unlock him and, you know, chase him down like Wiley Coyote? Or entertain, do things, do something different, shuffling around, dancing, acting daft, blind punching, everything else in the hope that Khalid maybe gets angry and loses his head and engages or, at the very least, you catch him with something completely and utterly unorthodox, hmm. unpredictable that he doesn't see coming, and that's what ends the show as well. It's an unusual one with Ben because for the first time in his career, he is weeks away, months away really, months away from an Olympic cycle, and he's going to find out what happened to Josh after Tokyo finally happened in 2021, and that is 
that next Olympic cycle brings mm. a next generation of prospects, stars. And come August, September time, Ben Whitaker won't be the guy people are oh, going, loose. oh, he's, he's the man. guy from the Olympics. <laughs> he's the guy. He's this guy. Come September, Ben, you're just going to be just another light heavyweight. So he's got between now and September to remind us to keep the fire going, fight as much as possible. If we can get him to 10 and 0 this year, if we can get 10 fights for Ben Whitaker this year, he's had five already. Let's see if we can get him out five times this year. By the end of 2024, he will be knocking on the door. And I hope he goes there, same as Dan Aziz, the yeah. English title, the British title, the Commonwealth title. Go down that route, absolutely. Yeah. Um, with all due respect to Miranda Reyes, she's not on Caroline Dubois' level. Um, Caroline Dubois did Caroline Dubois things at the weekend. There's nothing really too much that I want to flag about that fight. I think out of them all, that's probably the one that I'm like, okay, Caroline, go and do Caroline things. I'm looking forward to Caroline getting to the top table. It's going to be very difficult because they're all tied up with other promotions. They're all tied up with other fights. Everybody's fighting super fights. Everybody's fighting unifications. Everybody's fighting undisputed things. And for her to stick her young, fresh face into that mix, we are a couple of people that are a little bit more senior than her. They're going to be looking and going, that's a lot of fucking trouble that I don't actually need right now, mate. I'm going to be cracking <laughs> on with these. You know what I mean? So I feel for Caroline Dubois about getting the matchup that, that she deserves right now. So for the time being, we're just going to have to keep putting up with these Miranda Reyes types of fights. People will make this argument and say, well, it's she's defending a world title. Come on, it's an IBO title. Nobody gives a fuck about it. No, come on, mm -hmm. let's be dead straight. It isn't. Caroline Dubois is legit. Nobody's doubting that. And looking forward to her. Well, I'll tell you what I am liking, actually. This is the thing that I can say positively about Caroline Dubois. She's good on microphone, you know. Oh, you yeah. interview you interview around the around the side of the ring and and whatever you, you interview her after the fight. She's not backwards in coming forwards. Her like a, obviously a brother. He's you know he's kind of like knocks out the cliches, doesn't he? And okay, there's a few cliches in there from Caroline, but it, you actually feel like she's making the cliche that she's thought of it and she's gone. I want to fight Katie Taylor. Bring me Katie Taylor. I want to fight Chantel Cameron. Bring him on. I'm ready to go now. So hopefully she can get in that mix. I can't see it happening. But no. hopefully she can get in that mix. No one is inviting Caroline Dubois to that table anytime soon. She's got to kick the doors off and smash a bottle of ketchup on the table and say, I'm here and I'm going to eat right now. That's what she's got to do. And hopefully she can do it before all those girls kind of retire. Yeah. Because she could well come through as the next gen. Listen, I think Caroline Dubois' career will be defined by three-minute rounds. I think that's for goddamn sure. She will be of that era of fighters, which comes through the next generation, if you like. That is women fighting over three-minute rounds and dominating over three-minute rounds. And talent-wise, you know, if she's not a three- or four-weight world champion, um, I'd be surprised not to put any too much pressure on Caroline, but I'd be surprised. But I'll tell you what, one thing I will say this weekend, there can't be many, many times Caroline Dubois has gone, old, gone in there as the older girl. She's actually older than Reyes. Reyes is only 22. Yeah. 22 years of age, 10 pro when she was like 16, hey, 17. That's now. Wow. That's now. Fran Hennessy's on this. Oh, yeah, what's she, 18, 19? <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Mate, Fran Hennessy, right now, obviously she's coming with a lot of smoke, a lot of pump, because people are saying, yeah. listen, this is a sensational amateur talent. She's turned professional. She's still still really early in, in this journey, right? Just enjoy watching a fighter having the fucking time of her life. Right? <laughs> That's it. Just enjoy that. Yes, she's going to go in at the weekend. Laura... Uh, Val de Benito. Fran's going to win. We know that. We know. But just enjoy watching the star of 
what is she, 18, 19 years of age, just enjoy watching a young fighter starting out just happy as a pig in shit to be on Sky Sports, kicking off the TV, dancing her ass off to the ring, throwing a party. But then when the bell goes, businessman. And then yeah, all business, very ruthless, very feet are brilliant, hands are brilliant, everything about is brilliant. When the fight finishes, she's back to dicking about again like a 19-year-old <laughs> kid should be. Perfect, man. What's not to love about that? What's not to enjoy about that? Yeah, we can get giddy and say, ah, she's not fighting anybody. Yeah, we know because she's only just started. When she gets to 21 years of age, 22 years of age, then we can start having a conversation and say, right, okay, come on now. You've got to start fighting someone proper because your talent's too good for this. But for now, I'm enjoying the dance into the ring and the quick hands. That that second fight last time out, in a, in a second pro fight, just to see the way she walked, she danced all the way to the ring. Hey. Everything she did about it. I've, I've been seeing a fighter, male, female, experienced world champion or a novice, which she is, whatever. I haven't seen a fighter that happy to be in that environment in a long time. You're right. It's like she is living her very, very best life. She exactly. wouldn't, she, there's not a single place on this planet she would rather be. And that's a crazy thing because that's that's what fascinates us so much about these prize fighters, regardless of gender. Yeah. How the Lunatics. hell? Lunatics. Yeah. <laughs> How the hell can you channel the nerves of, you know, through every single mind, whether you're Anthony Joshua yeah. or, your, or your Fran, doesn't matter. Going through your mind as you're in the dressing room, no matter what anyone says is, don't get knocked out in 10 seconds and become a fucking viral meme. Yeah. And to go like that as if, click, turn that off. Bloop, and get, see all these butterflies that are sending me west that are making me want to go to the toilet, that my bottle's gone, I can't taste, I can't breathe, I need to go to the toilet, get my gloves off, what am I doing? All the stuff. Like, Carl Frotch was a monster for that. Carl Frotch wanted to cut his gloves off before every single one of his fights. He was that scared to go to the ring. This kid, she probably puts her gloves on when she gets out of bed in the morning. Someone has to give her a corn feed of cornflakes to her. She absolutely loves it. And for me, watching as a viewer, I haven't seen her live yet. Watching on TV, it's I'm great, like, man. here she is. <laughs> Here's our friend. We're having a great time here. Brilliant. I, I, I can't wait to see her fight. It's really hilarious. What, it's hilarious watching her dad ringside. Yeah. Because it must be, whatever he says, it must be horrible to watch any of, of your kids, especially your daughter. Fight your teenage daughter, yeah. Especially, yeah. That's that's tough, that's tough, right? But he's fucking in it as well. I'm watching him, and he's just like laughing along, going, It's our friend here. She's off yeah. to the fucking disco, mate. Right? Okay, Sam, mm -hmm. but she delivers, and she did okay. It's at a certain level at the moment, but she's delivering, and she's she's fun to watch. So I, let, it, I feel, let her keep doing it, absolutely. I feel for a brother. Anyone yeah. else get a sense that Mick has Fran ride shotgun now? Yeah, <laughs> you're in the back. Our friend's going to be the star. She's You're in the front in, seat. seat. You're in, in the, the back seat, seat, lad. Exactly, man. <laughs> uh, all in all, solid this. You've got a great main event. Everybody, Everybody's into that main event. Um, on paper, Adam Azim's getting his toughest challenge. Let's see if Paulson brings it. And if Paulson does bring it, we could be in for a cracking core main. I, full, I fully anticipate Whitaker, Dubois and Hennessy to yeah, come through. Of course. It's just in what type of manner uh, they come through. It'd be Who's great. Who's going to go viral most? Yeah. It'll be hopefully all three. Hopefully all three do uh, and set uh, boxer and the OVO arena off uh, on, in good fashion because we need it. We've been speaking about it for a bit, haven't we? A lot of these fights are off to Saudi Arabia. British fight fans need fights to inspire them to buy a ticket, to come out, to sit in the arenas, to make the noise, to have a good night out, to enjoy it. Dry January's over, kids. 
3rd of Feb is here. Come out. Don't get too giddy. Just a little one. Don't Just ease yourself back in. Don't go all in, right? Just because it's first weekend after jam. Just ease yourself in nice. And come and watch some quality boxing. We've got a great grudge match there in that uh, in that main event too. Um, as well as this, there's action going on in Las Vegas. Cosmopolitan is the uh, is the destination. Um, the main event. I'm going to be dead honest. I have absolutely no interest in it whatsoever. Um, the only reason that I've flagged this event up is because I like Johnny Fisher. I'm going to be honest about. It's a Wembley card taking place in the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas for one reason. The guy in the main event can't fight in the UK, so they've all had to up sticks and go out there. That's why it's a bunch of UK fighters fighting in Las Vegas for one reason. Must be costing Eddie an absolute fortune. Yeah, but the Bosch Army have probably bought a shitload of tickets and reimbursed him, haven't they? You know what I mean? They've all got a little bit of an away day to uh, to Las Vegas. Genuinely now, I do... Obviously, I've spent a bit of time in and around Johnny. He's been on the radio ears a couple of times. Uh, I'm delighted for him because he's one of them kids. You've just been talking about the Dan Aziz effect. This is a pro- he's a lad that works hard, right? He might not be Canelo. He might not be that guy. But he loves the game. He's an intelligent lad. He could be doing a completely different career from his uh, degree that he acquired at university. But he's chosen boxing. He fancies it. Three years ago, he's selling produce off the back of a van. Now, he's fighting in Las Vegas. Grafsard loves the game. What's not to love about that? He's going about it the right way. Southern area champion. Hopefully at some point this year, he'll fight for an English title or maybe even a British title. And he's incredibly polite. He's a brilliant interview. What's not to like about him? His fans are going over. Well, I think he said he's done 100 tickets. 100, 100 of his gang. 100 at Bosch Army going over to Las Vegas. Jesus, it's going to be absolute carnage, isn't it? Um, but he deserves it. Deserves it. Go and enjoy yourself, Johnny. Uh, I hope you have uh, a, w- a wicked time. And the guy that he's fighting, a lot of fight fans will be familiar with this. This is the guy uh, that fought David Adelaide last time out. Uh, Adelaide flattened him in two rounds. Okay, sure. we've uh, we've seen Adelaide um, come up short against Fabio Woodley. And obviously, Johnny's going to enter this conversation at some point of when to get in with these lads. Um, but you've got a yardstick there, haven't you? So, Bazoos... I think was undefeated before he got in with Adelaide. Adelaide did Adelaide things and, and blitzed him. And Adelaide was under a lot of pressure actually going into that fight, if you remember, because there was, oh, is he all that? Does he do a bit or whatever? Well, that night he turned up and he absolutely did the business. So well done to David Adelaide for that. I don't think Johnny should be looking at it too much, but for us as fight fans, we can, we've maybe got a little bit of a yardstick there. We know that the lads got a winning record, coming off a loss. I think it's good matchmaking. Go and have some fun, Johnny. Go and be the Romford Bull and take over the Las Vegas Strip. Top class. I can't stop thinking about checking in at Heathrow for a 12-hour flight. With them on the flight and realising you're sitting next to fucking Johnny Fisher's dad. Jesus Christ. Mega. Um, Yeah, you're right. Uh, Listen, for Bez, I'm buzzing for, like, you should be buzzing for Dimitri Bezos as well. Guys fighting out a lot of the year, builds up a little bit of a record, gets invited over to the UK to take on David Adelaide, fights at your call in those yeah. little tiny freezing cold changing rooms. It might the even have been center. like, I don't even know if it was behind closed doors or not, you know. I can't, it was I can't remember. February last year. It was, was it? All right. Must have been a crowd yeah. in there. Yeah, yeah. Must so I think crowd. there was a crowd in there. But you're talking your call, freezing cold, February, no heating, sharing dressing rooms in the back, falling over each other, you know, coming down those weird steps to come down into the main ballroom. You got the ball, the pit of fans hanging over the top, you know, proper like 
bit yeah. of sawdust pro boxing. Now you're in Vegas, and, son. And you get chinned in two rounds. You get dropped in the face. You get stopped in the second. You think, oh, for fuck's sake, that's me done. And then suddenly it's like, cha-ching. Who's a favorite kid? You couldn't do that again for you. Well, maybe in Las Vegas, baby. Dimitri Bezos is like, go ahead. Let's go. Yeah. Sensational. Great bit of matchmaking for him. Yeah. But you're right. Listen, I- I've not had the pleasure of Johnny Fisher's company yet, but you rave about the kids. So it's, it's good for him. It's good for Jimmy Sainz. It's good for George Lillard, Khalil Cole, all these guys, all these, these London guys that have got to go to Las Vegas yeah. to fight on a card that should be at your call. It's bigger. Yeah, interesting one that Amo Williams is on this, Austin Amo Williams, another that uh, obviously Max Schumer very high on uh, him. Yeah, uh, He's taking on Umbumba Massa. Listen, he's going to win the fight. However, I just want to flag him up because I know that we've got this conversation at the moment, haven't we, about Matchroom versus Queensbury and whether they're going to be making X, Y and Z fights. I've seen his name touted around a lot, actually, uh, Amo oh. Williams. Uh, and whether they're going to try and maybe make him a fight with Hamza Shiraz. That could be interesting. Because mm. I really rate Hamza. I think Hamza's come into his own. Obviously, he's got a hell of a fight when he stands with Liam Williams coming up, hasn't he? That'll be a yeah. proper fight for him. Um, That's a cracking fight, actually. If he comes through Liam Williams, and then this Hamza yeah. Shiraz versus Amo Williams, again, if he comes through this weekend, mm. that's a cracking fight. That's for the match room versus Queensbury 5 yeah. versus 5. Delta. Ma- might be one to put on there at, uh, at middle, yeah. Anyway, that's that uh, over in... Uh, can I, can I just ask you one thing? And I don't, I, I'm like you, I don't want to go into detail about the, the Conor Ben, Peter Dobson main event stuff because of, for obvious reasons. Hmm. Conor Ben, in my opinion, your opinion, in the opinion of the British Boxing Board of Control and UKAD, should not be in a boxing ring. And the reason why this show has had to go on the road is because he can't get a license here. Make no mistake, he wishes he was here because... He ain't doesn't he doesn't sell in America. He doesn't sell in Las Vegas. He's being forced to do this just because he can't fight in the UK because he won't he won't adhere to answer or up front up to his problems. Just want to do a quick one with you because you you were all over the dates when we talked about this a lot. Obviously the the two positive clomiphene tests. Yeah. If if Connor Ben in the aftermath of the Eubank fight cancellation, the aftermath of the revelations about the positive tests, mm-hmm. the aftermath of it all just went, sorry, guys. Must have been some kind of tainted supplements. I don't mm-hmm. know what it, what it was. Nothing to do with me. I will give you everything I've got. But you know what? If if I need to be punished, punish me, whatever you may be. I think then it was talking about four-year ban, usually reduced to a two-year ban. If it was that case, if he had took a two-year ban when all this first started, backdated, mm. where would he be right now, dude? Because I think he'd have saved a lot of face with fans going, I've made a mistake. I didn't willingly do it, but maybe if I've ingested it, whatever, whatever you want to, however it got into my system, I've I've made a mistake. I take responsibility. I'm responsible for what goes in my trap. Okay? Two-year ban? Okay, everyone, I'll take a two-year ban. I'm clean. It wasn't deliberate. I'll take it. I think right now, instead of being in this shitty situation we are, where we even refuse to talk about his fight, we'd be in a position to go, fantastic, Conor Ben's back in a few weeks. Conor Ben's on the road back. Conor Ben's got a date for his big return. It's going to be Eubank. It's going to be Wembley Stadium. All this talk, all this build-up. Listen, everyone's dual. Everyone can make a mistake. Kid held his hands up, took his punishment like a man, took it on the chin. He's back. When would that be? Would it be around now? May, no. June, July? July. 
So he's six, he'd probably be about six months away from uh, completing two years. But who's to say that he'd got two years? They might even have gone one. He might already be back fighting. Yeah. He would have, listen, because of strict liability, he would have faced something. So as you've just rightfully said, four years is the, the ban. But then it is reduced based on levels of strict liability, accidental ingestion, all those types of things, tainted supplements that you can prove, oh, I've eaten this. Damn. You know what I mean? And then you bring your receipts of your eggs or whatever it is. I don't care what it is. You bring your evidence, you present that evidence, and they go, do you know something? Kid's been unlucky here. Yeah. Oh, mate. Right, okay. We'll do your 12 months. He might already have been back fighting. He was incredibly... intact. Well, oh. you know, pretty much intact. I have said this from the start. Whoever advised him at the start, I hope they're not on the team anymore. They should be sacked because he has been incredibly badly advised from the very start. And it is a catastrophe of inconsistencies over a period of time that have led to where we're at right now. A lad that was on the rise, that he's now fighting a guy that nobody has ever heard of in a fight that nobody's bothered about. That's the tragedy of this. Let's be dead honest about it. Yeah, all right. He may have done something. He may have not done something. Nobody knows whether he's done it on purpose or accidentally. That's us. That's your opinion. All we've ever done on this show is deal with the cold, hard facts of the situation. What uh, regarding the science and what has been said from X, Y, and Z. And I stand by the fact that whoever advised him right at the start to take the road that he's taken massively misguided him. Because if they'd have just gone straight at the start, stop, there's something in my system. I have absolutely no idea how that has got into my system. Let's go through the procedure. What do you need? Um, right, give us your diet plan. Give us this, give us that, give us this, this, that, that, and the other. I guarantee there would have been a ban backdated to the point of the, the failed tests, July. And if they'd have gone full in and said two years, he'd have been fighting again in six months. Or he could even already be fighting back if they'd gone 18 months, 12 months, whatever. He wouldn't have got the full four years. No. Absolute mess. Just a mess. Yeah. Sad. It's a sad it is sad. Situation. It is sad. It is sad. Um, just a couple of little bits of news. Um, Ryan Gossi is back in negotiations with Devin Haney. Um, <laughs> but he says he doesn't want to talk about it too much just in case it falls through again. Well, hang on a minute. You made it fall through first time, pal, because you cleared off to go and try and... Uh, Fight Rolly Romero. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've got an excuse for that. I've got an excuse for that. It's because I've been speaking to Floyd Mayweather and Floyd Mayweather told me that I should go and fight Rolly Romero, go and get the belt, and then I'll come back and fight Devin Haney. Listen, you're the king of your own castle, Ryan. King of your own castle, pal. Listen, I'm all for the Devin Haney fight. Devin Haney, right now, this independent guy, keeps fighting the best fights. I'm all for Devin Haney doing his thing. You've obviously got a track record of doing the exact same thing, Ryan, as well. You, you fronted up and went for Tank. If you front up and go for Devin Haney, you absolutely get double ticks. I always said that I'm I'm in the Ryan Garcia camp because of your attitude uh, to taking the Tank fight, even though it didn't go your way, I don't care. I'm in, mate. Go make the Devin Haney fight and let's keep this ball rolling. Let Rolly Romero and Isaac Cruz have a little bit of a knockabout for a belt that, you know, shouldn't even be Rolly Romero's because the referee, uh, Tony Weeks, gave it him, didn't he? Let's be dead straight about Correct. it. When Ismael Barroso gets his hands on either of those two guys, Ismail Barasa will be a 40-odd-year-old champion. Wicked. Um, Shakur Stevenson's retired. Bad news for everybody. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We're recording this late on Tuesday night. I've got a feeling by the time we get to Wednesday morning, he'll yeah. probably announce his comeback. 
Yeah. He, allegedly, he's unhappy with the WBO because they've ordered Navarrete versus Berenchik for the vacant title at lightweight. Uh, Shakur Stevenson's claiming that he called out Nav- Navarrete. Bear in mind, Navarrete's from the weight division below. Why don't you just call out Devin Haney? Or, here's one, Devin Haney now has cleared off to 140. We get it. <clears throat> Why not call out Tank? Because he holds yep. the, the other belt, mate. Now you might not get that. I get it. But come on, man. Why Why are you throwing your toys out the pram just because the WBO and the sanctioning body are doing WBO and sanctioning body things? If Navarrete wins, make the... You can make that unification, but he's probably thinking to himself, well, hang on a minute, Navarrete, Lomachenko, Cambosas, top rank, keep it all in-house, unify up. Listen, you're top. You can make it happen, pal. Come on, mate. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, and the final sad bit of news that I've got for everybody is that even though my Spanish isn't up to the standard of my compadre here with his Duolingo being on 500 or whatever days it is right now, yep. um, I can understand that uh, Canelo is not fighting David Benavidez in his next two fights. I can understand that Canelo is uh, fighting the other Charlo brother, the 160 Charlo, who's now the champion in recess because of the WBC and having a dig at him uh, Cinco de Mayo weekend. And he'll then be having a go at Terence Crawford. Two things on this. Delighted for Terence. Go on, son. Dare to be great, son. Step up 55 weight divisions to see if you can topple the king <laughs> of Mexico, right? But in reality, there's weight divisions for a reason, kid. And it doesn't matter how highly I rate Terence Crawford. And I do rate him incredibly highly. I've got him as my pound for pound number one over in New Way. And I know that people will come at me for that, but Terence Crawford is my guy. If the 154-pound champion cannot lay a glove on the 168-pound champion, the 147-pound champion, although technically better than 154-pound champion, is going to have a very tough time making a dint at that top level, if indeed that fight does take place at 168. And if it doesn't take place at 168, what's the point in doing it, Terence Crawford? I get it. It's Canelo. And I get it that there's Canelo money, maybe. Chada, 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 maybe, maybe that's the reason. But do you not want the opportunity of becoming undisputed at another weight division? I don't know, mate. I don't know. It's not for me. The only name I wanted to see linked to Canelo this week was David Benavidez. And you're telling me I'm not getting it in 2024? Jog on. Crock of shit. Yeah, the the problem is, how does Terence define his legacy? His legacy fight was supposed to be the trilogy with Errol Spence. Nobody wants to see a second fight. We don't need I, a second He's battered fight. him. His legacy secured, though, though, man. Three-weight world champion, two times undisputed. Legacy sorted. I, I get it. And, and I'm like you, pound for pound, the number one fighter on the planet. Sensational. But where is the Quan? Where is the real money? Where is the money for, T- for Terence Crawford before he retires? And he hasn't got too many fights left in him. How does he earn that Quan, that magic money, that soup, that NFL player type money? And he can't do it with anyone around him because the Errol Spence fight was so one-sided. We were like, first fight will be so good. The second fight, that's where they'll make more money because the mainstream will go, oh my God, he's the best guy. That was completely obliterated when Terence Crawford absolutely battered him. So how does he make money? The only way he makes money is by going up and fighting Canelo because Canelo is the money in the sport outside of the heavyweight division, which is really disappointing because I don't want Terence Crawford to jump up to 168 pounds unnecessarily, but he's going to have to. So the the magic, what we should be saying is, should Terence Crawford be allowed to eat Mexican meat for nine months? And then we do it in November, do it right at the end of the year. So we let Terence, drug testers stay away. 
No one's allowed to go into T.T. Bud's gym. Let him party, man. Let him do whatever he wants. And then he re-emerges, full of that Mexican beef at the end of the year, stacking on the pounds, and then gets in there with Canelo. If Canelo... I would like to distance myself from all those comments, given the fact the that I've been incredibly hard on performance enhancing drugs, cheats, and people Get that have failed tests. <laughs> listen, if that's the fight, if that's the only fight, then mm. I, at least Canelo's got to come back down to 160. Jesus Christ, come on. Yeah. Ten, listen, ten if, can't if he does, if he comes down to 160 and Crawford goes, to one, uh, goes up to 160, okay, that's one doing... Eight pounds, that's one doing 13 pounds in it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> You're right, though. He's but imagine if he went to 160 and spanked him. Imagine if 68. Yeah. Went to 160 and Errol Spence Canelo just beat him like he's his daddy. That'd be crazy, man. Conversation over. We've got a new goat. Yeah. Mega. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, more on this as it develops. Um, <clears throat> mad times. Um, we're in for a good weekend of boxing. Make sure you're tuning in to uh, the uh, light heavyweight battle of Britain between Aziz and Boazzi. Should be an absolute cracker. Adam Azim on there too. Loads of uh, hot up-and-coming prospects. And then over in Vegas, Johnny Fisher. Just tune in for, for the Bull Army going wild in the Cosmopolitan, drinking mojitos, enjoying themselves. Should be a good one. Um, make sure you come back on Monday to uh, have all the review of the weekend's action should be a cracking uh, weekend of action. And if you're at the boxing this weekend, don't be don't be shy. Come and say hello. Should be uh, should be a good weekend. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us via fightdisciples.com. That's our website. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Fight Disciples is what we are at on there. Go and get stuck in. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.